0: Does college football have a really major NIL deal when it comes to recruiting? Arkansas plays Georgia and Athens tonight, as well as who is the goats of all goats. This is coming up on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch you every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 the Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday as we are halfway through the week, getting set up for the great things going on and into the weekend, but also, of course, talking about tonight with the Razorback basketball team, which we'll talk about here in a bit. And for those of you who are probably watching this YouTube video, you're wondering like, what's up with the lighting going on on this Um, so basically, uh, uh, with the winter weather coming in, uh, you know, there's been some, uh, some power issues, some power outage issues, which I'm not having right now, but uh, I feel like if I'm going to be recording this in the middle of it and with my overhead lights, if it goes off, it would just be weird. I don't know. It probably doesn't make any sense of why I'm doing this this way, but uh, I'm just kind of just being safe and sorry, but you can see me. It just looks like I'm in the dark because it's also dark outside too. And I got a ring light because apparently that helps. I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm just I'm just trying to make my way through it. But either way, that explains why I'm doing this on the, on the and the lighting and all those things too. And uh, hopefully, uh, those of you who are in Arkansas and going to be involved in winter weather, you stay safe out there because it looks like it could be pretty bad, especially with the icy weather going on. But uh, you know, I, I wanted to start the podcast today, and you know, something that is always cont- continuing to be talked about is NIL and money, and you know how teams are benefiting it and how teams are being hurt by it and all those things too and yesterday it actually came out where lane kiffin was uh was talking with uh i believe it was with the media and also doing some interviews and stuff which here's the thing about lane kiffin folks the more you pay attention to him the more annoying he's going to be like he's just a troll so the more you go after him the more you make fun of him the more you go you know he He's a mud monster. You can't throw mud at him because he's got so much mud already on him. It's it's not going to impact him the way you go at him. So uh, it, the more you pay attention to him and, and go after him for his trolliness, the more it's just going to empower him. So getting that out of the way, when he does speak, though, and especially when he speaks on something just like a lot of other coaches speak on something like this within IL, it goes along with people wanting to think about it a little bit more and discuss it a little bit more. And yesterday – he came out and just, this is coming from Ross Dellinger, who put out the quote on Twitter uh, specifically. Wayne Gibbon said, quote, we don't have the funding resources as some schools with the NIL deals. It's like dealing with salary caps. Says that schools can pay five to 10 times more than he, his school can. I joked I didn't know if Texas A&M incurred a luxury tax on how much they paid for their signing class, throwing their shots. I uh, saw some people making the joke about taxes A&M or, you know, whatever. Uh, but Wayne also says somehow they're going to have to control the NIL. You've got these salary caps, schools giving players millions to sign before they play, and other places not even able to do that. What would the NFL look like if two or three teams could pay 10 times more in salary cap? There are schools with no shot to recruit certain players. If a class has an average of $25 million, that's $1 million a person. If in an NFL free agency, players go to the most money. These players are 17, 18, and they're going to go to the place where they get paid the most. You've legalized paying players. Now, as much as I would like to sit here and rip on Lane Kiffin for the, the, the comments that he makes, I, st- I, I, I think it could be both. I think it could be him whining and complaining because he's at a school that can't pay and can't recruit to the level that you need to to win national championships because you're at Ole Miss and you don't have enough money to do that. That's true. You're at a school that is behind the eight ball. Sorry, that's just kind of the way you're set up at. But I can also agree with him when saying that there should be some sort of policing, regulation, however you want to look at it, when it comes to NIL and paying players. Because we all know that Texas A&M being the example that we've used many times, and the fact that they have paid players an inordinate amount of money just to come to school. They signed the number one recruiting class, the highest recruiting class in the history of recruiting class rankings ever. Strictly because of the NIL, because nobody wants to go to College Station on their own. No one says, you know what? I got all these other great schools I want to go to. I want to go with a bunch of Aggies where they you know, do chants and cheers and they march a lot like nobody's wanting and willing to do that. But when you can pay them and pay them an inordinate amount of money then suddenly they can consider Texas A&M to be a pretty cool school to go to. So I think that both can be true. And I believe that there should be some regulation. But here's the problem with what's going on in the NCAA and with college football specifically, is as we learn more so than anything during the pandemic and during the 2020 football season, the NCAA has no control. Now, they can control the events of like, all right, we're going to cancel the the College World Series and the the college baseball postseason, or we can cancel the NCAA tournament. Okay, they have the power in that. But when it comes to the actual big-time money-making, they don't have any power in college football. Conferences have power. Networks have power. The money has the power, which the NCAA does not. And so we really got an idea of how powerless the NCAA can be when it comes to decision-making, and how things go so when that was pretty much made known in a major and public way and then nil became legalized since there were no rules attached to it really it became the wild west where you're having people just pay 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 for whatever one thing is that they want to do they pay for recruiting classes they pay for kids who haven't even taken a snap yet to come to their school and and pay them you know a million dollars or whatever it may be because it's not illegal right now so I agree. There needs to be some rules behind it. But is the NCAA really in a position to do that? Are they really going to be able to have the power to say, you know what, let's put a stop to this right now. Okay, we're going to, you can only have this amount of money per kid or this amount of money as a school to be able to spend on NIL, you know, whatever it may be. Like, are, is the NCAA really have the power to do that? I don't think so. Now, they can put in some other smaller rules into it. Maybe uh, you can't sign any NIL deals until you've played one full year of college. Maybe something like that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just making something up. But still, there's are little things that you could probably do to try to help it. But at the end of the day, it's going to be whatever the conferences and the schools want to do. And when I hear Lane Kiffin say this, what this tells me a couple of things. But it also tells me that uh, you know there are schools like Ole Miss that won't be able to compete with with this in the in the near future which tells me that Lane Kiffin's probably not going, if it stays the way it's going to be and stays this way, he's probably going to be like, all right, I'm out. I can't do this at Ole Miss. I can't win at Ole Miss. Ole Miss does not have the resources that these other schools do, and he'll go somewhere. Which, here's the thing, going to it as well, I, I get that aspect, but it's like, dude, you weren't recruiting high-level classes at Ole Miss anyways, even before all this came in. So what really changed? You know, now Texas A&M, where they signed the number one class every year? No, but... They were still signing top five, top 10 classes. You know, Alabama still signed a top class. Georgia still signed a top class. Ohio State still signed a top class. You know, the teams and the schools that are always signing top classes sign top classes again. So is it really that much different? Is, is it really that much different of an impact that you have? Now, I think what Lane is talking about is that he can't go into a five, like he can't even get into the door anymore. Like he can't go into a five-star kid's house and have a snowball's chance in hell of even being able to get him on for an official visit, because the kid's gonna be like, "Okay, um, so what's what's your offer?" Like that'll be the first thing that he walks in the door. All right, what's your offer? Uh, well, we got great facilities, uh, a, a winning tradition, um, uh, you know, we got we got a cool downtown area. All right, yeah, that's okay. What are you offering? What's 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 the, what's the money? Uh, well, we can't, we can't really offer you anything We're, uh, you know, we can maybe, maybe do something like, uh, you know, maybe like 25,000 for like the first year, something like that. Okay. Well, uh, the minimum I'm asking for right now is 500,000. So see ya. you you want to give them the chance. And I think that that's what is more impactful is not that these players are going to schools when they would normally go to Ole Miss, but now they're going to other ones. No, it's not that. It's like they can't even, con- they can't even have a conversation with these kids. So Uh, that's kind of just the name of the game right now. And I believe that eventually there will be something that will be held to where it'll change things and maybe change things forever to where there'll be at least a little bit more of a level playing field. But there's not a level playing field now, and there hasn't been. You know, Even here at Arkansas, which I think that there's a lot more money and a lot more uh, wiggle room when it comes to NIL than what most people want to give it credit for, absolutely. But it's like there's still other schools that may not even be in the situation that Arkansas is in. So Arkansas can benefit from it. But here's the thing, too. Like Arkansas, this is going to help the Razorbacks. Like, oh, it may be detrimental to Ole Miss. Well, sorry, why you broke? You know, <laughs> it's like over in Arkansas. It's like you got money, so go out and use it. Don't complain about it. Go get it. Go find it. Use some donors. Use some, bo- some donations. Find ways to do it. And Ole Miss talking about, oh, well, we don't have the money to do it is laughable. Bro, do you remember the Hugh Free stuff? You remember how much you were paying players? You remember what you were doing for them? Like, don't tell me that you have a... Like, you are not going to get those five stars anyway, so so go get some four stars. You'll be all right. Go into the transfer portal. You'll be fine. Aren't you the portal king, Lane Kiffin? Isn't that what you're about? So, I want to see some regulation. I want to see some rules. I want to see some things change. But I'm also not sitting here thinking that, you know, I'm not feeling sorry for schools like Ole Miss or even schools like Arkansas. Like, Arkansas's not going to be able to pay what A&M does. No way. But So what? You still got a great recruiting class. You still do well in transfer for You still have good coaches. Isn't that what, that, isn't that what it comes down to? So I, I don't buy into that. I know that everyone's freaking out about it and being like, well, Lane Kiffin's complaining. I guess we got to fix it. Nah. Now when Nick Saban complains, something will get done. Elaine Kiffin, go kick rocks, man. No one's going to listen. No one's going to care. No one's going to feel sorry for you. You know, it's it's SEC football. Go join the Big 12 if you want something like that. It's New Year's. That means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar into your plan. You hear me tell you about Built Bar, folks. I use this myself. I've been trying to get into the gym more. I've been trying to work out more. It's not easy, but what's even more difficult is trying to eat healthy. And luckily, Built Bar helps me out with that a lot. They taste great. Great tasting protein bars with so many different flavors, and they're only 130 calories per bar and have up to 17 grams of protein. So, no matter what, they taste great, they're healthy, they're easy to eat, they're convenient, and they are affordable, especially when you go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15. You go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. It's as simple as that. Again, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so the Razorbacks will be taking on Georgia tonight, six p.m. in state. It's is it Stegman, 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 Stegman Coliseum. I will say I don't know nothing about Georgia in their arena, so I'm not even going to try to pretend that I do. But uh, Arkansas is going to be taking on Georgia, and uh, it's. It's they're not a good team. Like let's just be honest about it. Tom Crean's been there, and is, this is fourth season. He's forty-seven and sixty-two, pretty bad. And they're six and six and fifteen this year, pretty bad. And they're one and seven in the SEC with their one win being against Alabama because of course it is. So, Al- just to put it mildly, Georgia sucks. They are not good at basketball, and Arkansas should win this game and win this game easily. Now. Going on the road in the SEC, never want to put guarantees on it because we know any given day things can happen. But when it comes down to on paper, when it comes down to this Razorback basketball team and what they're trying to do and the expectations that is there, you better go on the road and you better win this game and you better win this game easily. Now, the last time these two teams met was last year, and Arkansas beat Georgia by thirty at home, and uh, it was early in the season, and that's kind of. Well, was a very much, much needed win for Arkansas during that time and uh, time and play. So, uh, it was a, it was a whole thing. So, but anyways, you, this game will be televised. Of course, Jimmy Dogs is going to be on, on the, on the field. So we'll find that out about it. But, uh, you know, Arkansas is a nine and a half point favorite. So I'd say that's about right, especially on the road. And, uh, we know that, uh, Georgia as a team, since they've struggled so much this year, it's, uh, you know, it's it's something that when you see that type of line, I'm, um, I don't know. I like, I probably take Georgia just because that's, I mean, you're talking about 10 point win for Arkansas, double digit point win. I mean, absolutely it could happen, but I don't know. That's, I don't, I feel like I wouldn't touch that line if, uh, if I was a betting man, which of course I would never do such things. So, but do a little uh, stack comparison here for all of you as well. Uh, you know, Georgia Averages about 71 points per game. Arkansas averages close to 79 points per game. So, definitely an edge there. Georgia gives up 76 points per game. So, they are a piss poor defensive team, uh, arguably the worst defensive team in the SEC, which bodes well for Arkansas, who hasn't had the best offense at times. Uh, but uh, Arkansas has only given up 68 points. Rebound margin minus three and a half, roughly for Georgia. Arkansas plus six. So, you're talking about a nine-rebound difference between these two teams. Arkansas should dominate the boards. Turnover margin. Georgia is sitting dead even. They have just as many turnovers as they do uh, co- as they cause turnovers for the other team. Arkansas plus two, so Arkansas is able to get two more turnovers per game than what they are uh, able to commit. A field goal percentage. Georgia's at forty-four percent. You got Arkansas at 45%, so nothing nothing too crazy there. Uh, Georgia, though, does shoot better at the three-point line, which, of course, everybody shoots better at the three-point line than Arkansas. 31.5% for them as a team, Arkansas 296 And then this was kind of the surprising thing, free throw percentage. I thought Arkansas had the best free throw percentage, but they apparently just got surpassed because Georgia is the only team in front of them. 74.8% for Georgia, 74.6% for Arkansas. So you got a .2%. Uh, free throw difference there uh, when it comes to percentages. So uh, break down all those stats, and we know that Arkansas and what their roster is going to look like. Your starting lineup, of course, is going to be J.D. JD Anote, Stanley Amude, a D.C. Tony, Jalen Williams, and Trey Wade. Like I feel like those are going to be your five. And then coming off the bench will be Devo Davis. Uh, he'll come in with the guard position at times to help out. Um, and then, of course, you'll have Chris Likes maybe, and then Kamani Johnson, maybe. Like, that's your stuff. That's your squad. That's it. There's the only guys that should play. And as long as nobody gets hurt or in major foul trouble, it should stay that way as well. So I predict Arkansas to uh, go in there and to dominate. Uh, I think that as long as they keep Georgia from scoring, because that's the only way Georgia is going to win is if they just get hot from three. Like, that's how I look at it. It's like they're they're not a good offensive team and they're a terrible defensive team. And since Arkansas is a, as far as scoring goes, they're a high scoring offensive team when it comes to points. Uh, Not great offense, but good offensive team. They get to the free throw line a lot, and they score a lot of points there. And they play good defense like they have been all game long, or all season long, at least, I shouldn't say all season. Uh, All month long, the past month, they've been playing really good defense. Um, As long as they do that, like Arkansas is going to win. And that's not a slight against Georgia. It's just Georgia's really bad. They're really bad at basketball, and Arkansas is hitting their stride right now. So, I'm excited about it, though. I always like it when you know you can kind of go on the road against a lesser team to see where you really stand because you want to have your toughest games at home, which Arkansas luckily does the rest of the way. Some of their toughest games will be at home. So uh, I look for Arkansas to win this game, to win this game fairly easily, and then to move on into this weekend where they take on Mississippi State at Bud Walton Arena. But, again, 6 o'clock will be the tip. Uh, if you're around, of course, in the central Arkansas area or even on the app, uh, me and Wes Moore, we do the Guatani Automotive post game Show on 103.7 The Buzz after the game. So if you want to listen in, uh, be sure to tune in. So we'll have that and have some fun with that as well. But uh, either way, should be interesting to see how it all goes. Let's hope for the best. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not all just football. BetOnline has the up-to-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers for the 2022 season. Head over to BetOnline.net where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day all right so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast and it's something that was a hot topic of discussion around all of sports talk radio and podcast and I thought about doing it yesterday but uh, there was other things I wanted to get to and talk about but anytime that you have somebody's retire from football, retire from a sport that's arguably the greatest of all time in their respective sport. It is a very, 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 very big deal. And and you, of course, you know that I'm talking about Tom Brady and him retiring from the NFL after 20 plus years, after seven Super Bowl victories and playing in 10 Super Bowls, pretty much holding all the major records as a quarterback uh, throughout uh, his career. Just incredible and an incredible run by Tom and um, you know, I kind of felt like the day was going to come when I was going to finally have him stepping down and he did. And so it just, uh, you know, it's almost like there's a void a little bit in the NFL, but still, uh, you know, it was going to happen. It was going to happen sooner rather than later for sure. But the ultimate question became of, well, is he the goat? Is he the greatest of all time? Well, first off, I don't think it's a debate. He is, he's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. No one's going, cause here's my thing. He owns pretty much every record and When you own every record and you have that type of numbers, people are going to be like, okay, so what about championships? Well, no one is going to touch his seven Super Bowl record. No one. No individual player. Doesn't matter if you're quarterback or not. No one's going to win seven Super Bowls. No one's going to play in 10. The dude had played in an entire decade worth of Super Bowls. All right. And was pretty close to possibly playing in another one again this year. Had a really great team, but fell short. So, like, that's not being touched. He's the greatest of all time. And it becomes this thing where it's almost ad nauseum, where it's like, all right, well, who are you talking about the greatest of all time in different sports and different leagues? Let's look like at history, whatever it may be. Some of the older people may say that this guy is, but then younger people will say this guy is. It, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And I, I think it's just fun to have your opinion on it, but you're not going to change anyone's mind, usually, if they're pretty staunch on who they believe is the greatest of all time. They're not going to change. You're not going to change your mind. They're not going to change your mind. It's just kind of going to be the way it is. But what I will say about, you know, when you're talking about the greatest of all time is that you have that in, in professional sports. But in college, it's a lot more difficult to ever say that because you have such a short time frame of play. You'll maybe play at the most four years, five years to play four. And if you're really that good, you're not going to play four years. Unless, you know, I guess you're Tim Tebow, who plays four years. He's kind of the exception to the rule. But if you're that incredible of a player, you're not going to play that long anyway. So you're talking about a very small sample size of being able to figure out, all right, well, who's the goat? who played the best, whatever it may be. And my thought process behind the whole deal when it comes to college is I just look at, and this is going to maybe upset, and some people disagree, and that's fine. I look at who is the one player... That was like basically alone responsible for greatness on his team. Like who was that? And there's been a lot of those great players, but to me, Cam Newton is the greatest college football player of all time. Now, again, people are going to throw things at me. I call him scam Newton in the comments or whatever. That's fine. I get it. I hate, I don't even want to admit it. Cause I hate Auburn. Like I don't, it's not like I want, and I don't even like Cam Newton that much, but I look at it as he was. There was a seven and five Auburn team the year before. They bring in Cam Newton. They go undefeated, never lost national championship. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. And then the next year they go back to seven and five. Like he was the reason why they went from being an average team to a national champion team. Like people bring up Tim Tebow. He was, you know, the type of stupid talent he's surrounded by. Not that's not against him, but he was surrounded by NFL talent. You know, Joe Burrow. I still think he's one of the greatest, on the greatest team I've ever seen. One of the greatest teams. Look at the talent he had surrounding him. You know, look at the Bama teams that have had, like that USC team back in 2004. The Miami team of 2001. Like, he's talking about great players on great teams. But those, those were just a great collective group of people that were able to be great because of that. But I think it takes a special individual to be able to be that one lone special talent that takes it to that level and is the difference between a team going seven and five or 15 and oh or whatever it may be. And that was Cam Newton. He did that at Auburn. So I know that it's probably going to have a lot of people in the comments disagreeing saying it's somebody else. And that's fine. You can have your opinion that I'm not going to try to argue with you because there's no measuring stick to try to figure out exactly who is the greatest of all time when it comes to college football. But I do believe that if I had to choose one player, And time on college football in college football history. I get one player to add to my team, and they are in their prime. Of course, when I add them, I'm adding Cam Newton because I think that he is that talented of a player to where he could have been that big of a difference in winning a national championship for a lot of different teams just because he was that good. So, sorry, I I had to hold my nose doing it, but uh, yeah, I'm sure people will totally agree, and nobody will ever say anything mean about me in the comments or anything like that. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.